Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Troyo here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. Uh, I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you, we're believing for you, and we trust that God's gonna continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now here's the message today. I'm so glad you're here this morning. Welcome to Oasis Church Chicago. Uh, those of you that your first time here, we're so glad and honored that you would spend your morning with us. And um, I want to I wanna jump right in because I got a lot to cover this morning. But um, as you heard from Pastor Andrew, um, we're, we're jumping into a series called God's Economy. And um, this is, I'm believing this, guys. I've been praying. We've been praying. This is a powerful, powerful series that every single one of us, I don't care who you are from the back to the front, no matter what you believe, no matter where you've come from, no matter uh, what, what background or, or how you got here, this is for every one of us. I believe this this morning with, with everything in my heart. And so I'm going to say this. These next three weeks, we're going to have a conversation about finances. We're going to have a conversation about what it means and how it means, per God's word, to handle your money. Now listen, I know probably 50, maybe 65% of you just did this. And all these little like TV evangelists just start popping through your head and all these shows on the, on the late night TV started go, scrolling through your head or maybe a bad experience has, has happened with you before in the church and you've seen this mismanage, you've seen this, this happen in the wrong way. We have seen churches today. Lord, help us. Have mercy upon us. I mean that for the church, capital C Church, that has mismanaged the resources of heaven. And I am going to do my best to help us as a church to walk out the obedience of God's kingdom when it comes to our money. Okay? And so if this is your first time, you're like, this is it. Never coming back. <laughs> I want to encourage you, every one of you, to make these next three, well, this week and the next two, priority. Okay? Like, I, I, I don't really ask, like, I'm asking you to, to re, maybe reschedule. Maybe rethink where you're going to be the next two weeks because I'm telling you guys, this is going to shift our church in a massive way, in a massive way. And so please don't shut me out. You, you, you know there's, there's joy in giving. There's joy in, in, in abiding in God's word. There's joy in obeying what he says to us in his word. There is joy, and I believe that there's going to be a new, deep season of generosity that's going to flow through our church. A deep season of generosity. God has an economy. It's a powerful one. Just look at creation. It's an economy of heaven, and it's, it's massive. His economy, though, simply is this. It's an economy of giving. His economy is an economy of, of giving. Yes, growth and, and multiplication and, and managing, but, but mainly God's economy, the way that he, he, he thinks about when it comes to resources and, and money and fi all that stuff, what it is, it's an economy of what? Ten of you. Is this mic on? It's an economy of what? Yeah. There we go. From Genesis 1, from the beginning, he gives seeds. He gave. He provided. Right? If you know your Bibles, you know what I'm talking about. All throughout Scripture, God gave. His whole heart. Like, I can't, I, I know I'm, I'm going to tell you the end before, at the beginning, but like ultimately God came to give and he gave his son. Amen. 
I'm weirdly emotion. No, right now. You know how awkward it is to cry in, over two, in front of 200 people? Slack, I'm just going to cry in front of you. Like he gave for you while you rejected him, while I rejected him, while you were a sinner, while you were lost, while you were living in everything else except him. He gave his one and only son, Jesus. It's the economy of his heart. He wants to give. God's a giver. I don't want anybody thankful that God gives. Come on, anyone thankful that God gives? Like he gives. And so every week, you know, I preach on giving. And when we hear the word giving, we immediately go to money. Do you know, really, like, realize, like, every week we talk about, I can't talk about, about grace and not talk about giving. I can't talk about forgiveness and not talk about giving. I can't talk about having a healthy marriage and not talk about giving. Because if you're not giving in your marriage, you're losing. Okay, like, I can't talk about not, uh, I can't talk about giving when it, it's, it's not about money. Okay, it, it's about his heart and his heart for us. But specifically these three weeks, we're going to talk about what he talks about when it comes to giving of our resources. The reality of Scripture is this, and, and I fact-checked this. I've studied this. There's over 500 verses in the Bible concerning prayer. Concerning prayer. And nearly over 500, nearly just about nearly 500 verses in regards to faith. How many of you know prayer and faith are important? This is interactive. You all should raise your hands because it's important. But this is crazy. There are right around 2,000, 2,000 verses in scriptures that deals with possessions and money. Okay, so I don't even, I could just drop the mic there and say like, that's God's word, not JP's word. This is not my heart. This is God's heart. He really wants us to come to an understanding of how his kingdom works, and specifically the economy of heaven. And so there is over 2,000 scripture verses in the Bible, in the good book, in the big book, that have to do with possessions and money. Uh, Jesus. Well, what about Jesus? Old Testament. What about Jesus? Jesus, in 16 of his 38 parables, you know what he talked about? Money. What? He talked about the heart of, uh, of generosity throughout 16 of it. I'm setting us up here, guys. This isn't, you guys get the magnitude of this? This isn't, this is important. He, he, he cares deeply about how we handle our money. How, what do we do with our money? He, he cares deeply about really what, what your heart has inside of it. He, he cares deeply about how you, how you carry yourself with a spirit of generosity. Like, I believe something. I believe the church of Jesus Christ should be the most generous thing out there. We do not need to look to any politician. We do not need to look to any federal bill. We need to look to the church of Jesus Christ to be the most powerful outlet of giving ever everything away because if you believe in what God gave you and his name is Jesus then you can't help but disagree with you can't help but agree with that statement right you with me and so I just believe ultimately that this message of God's economy is one that will transform our city transform our church transform marriages transfer transform homes transform futures. Young college students, high school students in the room, if you get this now, this will transform your future. I promise you that. I promise you. I pray that as a church here today and the days to come, we will be better because we understand the power of generosity and the beauty of giving. You know, there's beauty in giving. I pray that it will break poverty mindsets in the church. I, I, I pray that it'll allow for the church to be better for the community. Like Rachel said, the painting thing. Yo, how crazy would it be if every single, who's the ladies in the, all the ladies in the place, lift your hands. 
There's a lot of y'all. What if y'all signed up to go serve the little girls over there and the mothers over there from the community? Hello? What image would that give to people in our community? Well, that's for the 10 people that sign up. I'm going to sit back at home. I'm going to watch Grey's Anatomy, and I'm going to chill with that. We should give, right? We should give, and we should show the community that we are people that give because we've been given everything. And so, listen, I know these messages are going to be different for me to teach. I'm going to do my best to stand behind this thing and read everything I put to paper. But I pray, and I'm going to read a couple more things, and we're going to pray, but I pray you do not shut me off. Better yet, don't, don't hear my voice. Don't shut the Holy Spirit's voice off. Because you can. You can't. I, I've, we, Pastor Moore says about it, you can be in church. You, one person hears the same word as the other, and the other person's like, I didn't get that. That didn't move in me. So I'm, I'm going to pray in a moment that the Holy Spirit would just open up our ears better, deeper, open up our hearts to receive this better. But I, I, I want to give some, 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 some no's and in, in, in what this series is going to be about. <laughs> so no's of, about this series and, and yes. Can I do this to help us? Okay, so the knots of this series, what this is not going to be, okay? What this is not going to be, this is not going to be about you becoming rich monetarily, Okay? Here, I made, it's on the podcast. <laughs> this is not about you walking out of here going, God is going to woo, bankroll me forever, okay? This will help you, though, get rich spiritually, okay? I, I believe this. It will help you. The, the prosperity gospel is a problem gospel, okay? It, it's a problem, and I don't know where you've come from or what background you love. We love you, but I've seen it be a problem more than it's done anything good for anybody, Okay, so, so uh, what this is not, uh, uh, um, the, the kingdom of God is not a give to get kingdom. Okay, it's not a, a give to get, it's, a, it's always been a get to then give. Okay, that's the kingdom. All right, so, so, so this is not a give to get, how to, how to give, get more of God so that you can have more, right? Okay, this series is not because we're about to move to a new building. I have a lot of people in the room that will, that, uh, we were in a creative meeting about a year ago, and I laid out the sermon series for the whole year. This was last year. And I said, we're going to preach on God's economy. This was a year ago, right? And like three months before we were going into God's economy, I said, shelve it. Put it up. And I've sat on this series for a year now. And I said, God, we had, we, that video, that was done a year ago. Like I said, God, when this is the right time, this, it wasn't because we were building. And then this was planned Six, three months ago, three months ago, before we even knew about the building. Isn't it funny how God works? He know, how many of you are grateful God's timing is better than any of our timing? Okay. Okay. This is not for our church to expand financially. At the end of this series, I'm not going to ask for some major gift for you to give at the end of the year. Okay? I'm not. But I do pray you receive such a deep deposit within your spirit that you will never be the same. Okay? And the last thing this is not... This is not just in regards to money. I'm, I've said it's about finances, but this is about your time, your talent, and your treasures, okay? What this series is, though, this is a series of showing us that God is interested in our hearts being filled with generosity. This is a series that is based on biblical truth, okay? We cannot pass by this stuff in God's word because we've seen it mishandled. This is in the Bible. I told you how many times it's referenced. It's in the Bible. We've got to do it, okay? I believe something. In the next week, we're going to talk about the tithe. So this series is going to cover the tithe, the 10% that God talks about. So that's not a reason for you to not come. Pastor, you know what? I had, I had this going on because I, 
No, I'm just giving you forewarning. Maybe pray before you show up next week. God, stir in my heart a little bit. Change me. You with me? And this series ultimately is for us to go deeper. It's for us to go deeper. And so I got a scripture verse that I'm going to read in the, the book of Luke. You got your Bibles, Luke 6, 36 through 38. It's going to be up on the screen in one moment. But it's entitled this today, God's Economy. It starts with the heart. It starts with the heart. So I'm going to read Luke 6, and, and then I'm, I want you to bookmark Deuteronomy 15. We're going old school, Old Testament. You, you know where Deuteronomy is? If you're new to the faith, just go to the beginning of your Bible. There's a little, um, what, what's the thing called where it has, huh? Index. Thank you. Index, table of contents. My wife and I are just so brilliant. We both thought the same thing. <laughs> Book of Deuteronomy. Okay, I cannot, let me, let me say this. Hear me. I cannot talk about anything else when it comes to God's economy if we don't talk about this first. And what we're going to talk about is the heart. Okay? So Luke 6, 36 to 38, says this. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A, a, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Jesus, right now, by your Spirit's power, I pray ears to be open, hearts to be open, that we would receive everything we need from you here. Over these next three weeks, God, I pray that we grow deeper, that we grow stronger, that we have a deeper understanding of your heart. I pray for every person in here right now, God, for experiences that have been bad, that you would just erase them, that you would just let them go, they would let them go, and they would enter into your kingdom in a deeper way. We bless you, we honor you. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Luke 6, Zach, can you keep playing? Yeah, it just sounds so much better. Just, yeah, it's good. <laughs> just keep going. Notice that, that scripture passage doesn't say one word about money. You with me? Does it say money anywhere? But if you've been in the church long enough, you've heard that passage of Scripture referenced a lot when it comes to do with what? Money. Give, and it'll be given to you. Right? Give, and you'll get it back. Hey, give, and you'll get it way back. And not only will you get it back, but it'll be pressed down. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be shaken together, and it'll, it'll run over it. Just, just give. And, and I was convicted years ago as a 24-year-old. Two years after I came to the Lord, I, I heard a message and a teaching that transformed my life by a great man of God, Robert Morris down in Dallas, a great man of God, and he taught this principle to me. And this principle has stayed with me. It stayed with me and my wife. It's, it's the DNA of this church, and, and, and it caught me that. I've heard that scripture so many times, right? And I thought, money. So if I just give to God, I'm going to get from God. But it doesn't say a lick about it. You know, anybody ever see these bags before? Okay, who's cut grass before? <laughs> okay, there we go. So, so I had to cut the grass from a young age. 
Like I, I had to, I had to cut my father and mother's yard for, for like every week. It was my job. And, and I, I, my parents have a decent side yard and uh, my dad would make sure that all the grass clippings had to go in the back. Like I wasn't allowed to keep any, I tried to like dump them one time in the back. That was a terrible idea. Like he said, hey, put them in the back and, and make sure, you know, you get them up to the front so that garbage day tomorrow you can take them and the, and the garbage guy can take them. But I, I love these bags because if you're anything like me, you can fill a lot of stuff in these bags. The reason why is because when you start to put stuff in them, you can, you can actually start to, to push them down and squish them a little bit more, especially if there's grass clippings in there, right? And so what I would do is I would start from the back and I would fill it up and I would push it down and I would fill it up again and I would push it down and I would drag the bag to, to the middle of the yard and then I would fill it up, fill the, 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 the um, um, what's the lawnmower? <laughs> I'm a city boy now. I have never used one in like five years. Um, and, and I would dump more and I would put more and I would put more and it would seem to be filled. Right? It would seem to fill up, but I would press it down some more, and I would make some more room, and eventually I'd get it to the front of the house. And it was so full that it was overflowing. It was overflowing with all the, the grass clippings, and, and I, would, I would realize that I don't have to use another bag, thank the Lord. But I just made this thing super heavy. <laughs> and how much easier would it have been if I just would have got another bag? I, I'm going somewhere. Don't worry. Y'all like, where's he going? I realize that if I, with this, it's, it's talking about, hey, 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 if you, if you judge, you're going to fill your bag up. Hey, if you condemn people, you're going to fill your bag up. Hey, if you harbor unforgiveness, you're going to fill your bag up. And you're going to not only fill it up, but, but I'm going to give it back to you, whatever you put in your bag. So, so, so the bag was heavy as I'm starting to carry it, right? What are you filling your bags up with? Because what's happened in this passage of Scripture, what he says is, hey, if you condemn, if you judge, if you don't forgive, your bag's going to fill up. And it's not only going to be filled up, but it's going to be overflowing. It's going to be so heavy that you're not going to be able to carry it. And Jesus then says, give, and it will be given to you. Give, and it will be given back to you. The question I have for you today is, what are you filling your heart with? Is your heart filled with a bunch of heavy stuff? Are you condemning people? Are you judging people? Or are you actually living with a heart of generosity to give people? Come on, church. Are you giving people love? <laughs> are you giving people grace? Are you filling your heart with the good things? Are you filling your heart with the kingdom of heaven? Are you filling your hearts with the words of the spirit? Are you able to give people something that is gonna be pressed down and, and measured and overflowing that, hey, you know what? I've given a lot of love to Gene today. We spent a lot of hours already today. But guess what? I got enough love for my wife today, and I got enough love for Nick today, and I got enough love for Felipe today, and I got enough love for Jamark today because guess what? I would rather have my heart filled with love, grace, mercy, forgiveness, truth, the, everything that the kingdom of God, rather than filling my heart up with just saying, God, give me some stuff so I can have. And when you start to live that way, you start to live with a selfish heart. You start to live with a heart that's like, I don't need to be generous to anybody because you forget what Jesus did for you and you start to fill your heart up with a whole bunch of stuff that's not of the kingdom. So you start to, you know, your scripture says what's in your heart? Where does it come? So, 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 God, man, I filled my heart with condemnation for people. You know, Christians, we're the worst. 
Don't, 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 don't judge me. You just did it. You just did exactly what he just said not to. I'm not the worst, pastor. No, we're the worst when it comes to not loving people. Because we fill our hearts up with, well, God, you didn't give it to me, so why would I ever give to anybody else? God, you didn't come through for me, so why would I ever think you're going to come through for anybody else? God, you didn't answer my miracle, so why would I pray for somebody else's miracle to come? That is not a heart of generosity. What that is a heart of is a bunch of overfilled grass clippings. That's super heavy, and it's going to bog you down. I remember carrying those grass clippings like, come on, I got this thing. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. How much lighter is it to just have a bag filled with love? I told you, this isn't about money. It's about the heart today. You with me? Where your heart is, there's your treasure. Where your treasure is, there's your heart. What are you treasuring today? Are you treasuring your love for your neighbor? Are you treasuring your love for your roommates, college students, the roommate that stays up till 2, 3 in the morning playing some dumb video game and you're trying to sleep and you want to unplug the system and throw it through the window? Yo, I had a roommate my freshman year that he literally would call his girlfriend at 2 in the morning in Kentucky. Bro, do you know the time, like, throughout the day? Like, there's a lot of other hours to call your girlfriend besides 2 o'clock in the morning. Like, I'm serious, though. Like, how, what are you filling up to give out? Are you filled with so much generosity that all you can help but is to give, 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 give? And when you feel like you're on the brink of giving too much, you're like, Holy Spirit, fill me up. And he's like, he's like, yep, I got more to give. How many of you know as Christians, we should always have more to give? We should always. This is a heart of generosity. This is the spirit of generosity. That we, we see, I could just preach that and be like, give to God's house and you're going to get. And a lot of you would be like, thank you, my miracle's coming. That's not how God's economy works. He's like, yo, Jake, come in. Let me fill you up. Let me put your heart in alignment with my heart. Because, Jay, what you sow, you're going to reap. Do you know that principle of Scripture is all throughout it? What you sow, you're going to reap. And the heart is the place where it's the worst. How many of you know our hearts are corrupt? <laughs> Thank you. Me and my brother are going to have a Bible study after this. Without Jesus, your heart's really corrupt. It's broken. It's messed up. Jesus came to give so that you could have a clean heart, a pure heart. But how many of you know, even with Jesus, there's still moments of our hearts that are still like, nah, I don't like that. That's not good. That, that really, that's, whew, why did I act that way? Hey, why did I just give? Yo, I was in the car with a brother. Traffic and driving sanctify me. <laughs> the brother just said, it's true. I get in the car and I start driving. I realize what's in my heart. <laughs> And I have to pray, Lord, give me a pure heart again. Cleanse me, forgive me. The one finger that I wanted to wave at the person that I didn't, I give them this one like, you all thought, come on, no, I'm not getting, no, I'm like, God, I need your heart. Because in order to, to operate in your kingdom and to order and to in, uh, operate in your economy because you do have good gifts for your children. You do have the abundant life for your kids, right? But in order to operate in that stuff, I, I, I need a pure heart. If I'm going to claim to be a person of generosity, I, I got to deal with my heart. If I'm going to wave the banner of I'm a Christian and I'm generous, I need a pure heart. So what are you giving today? What's coming out of your heart? I want to jump to the book of Deuteronomy. Is this encouraging you all today? 
I want to jump to Deuteronomy 15, and I'm going to give some points and share the scriptures here, but a bit of context. Deuteronomy is a, just in broken down terms, it's a deeply felt farewell speech, speeches of, of our brother Moses that he gave to the people, that he gave to God's people. He, he's about to die, and he's writing these letters, and, and one of the things he says in chapter 10 that hit me, and, and I was talking uh, with somebody, it says that he writes these letters in Deuteronomies for the people's own good, okay? So he's writing these, these, these messages, he's writing these beautiful words because he wants it for the people because it's for their own good. Giving is for your own good. Generosity is for your own good, okay? Amen? It's for your own good. It's for my good. It's for our, our marriage's good. It's for this house's good. Like, this is for our good. And I, I want to just teach this. Did, did you know that Jesus referenced this book, Deuteronomy, more than any other book? Anybody know that? Bible college students? Come on, where's my Bible college students at? He referenced this book more than any other book. So, so if Jesus references this, because some of you might go, well, why are we going Old Testament? Because Jesus did. So why not follow Jesus? <laughs> See, Deuteronomy 15, this is, this is not a, a section on giving to the temple or to the church. He's not, he's not referencing this. Moses is not talking about what Moses is teaching. He's, he's teaching uh, from a passage about giving to one another and living, living beyond yourself. That's what generosity is. It's, it's living beyond yourself. You with me? Like, it, it, that's what it is. It's, it's saying it, this is what God's people are called to do. God's people are called to live beyond themselves. So to not be consumed with self, but to be consumed with everybody else around. And so, guys, this is why I cultivate this in, in Oasis's house. Yo, guys, can you just promise me one thing if you call this place home? To just pray daily for a heart of generosity. How many you know people in the, in the city are watching you? They're watching your Instagram. They're seeing you post all the good songs when the band sings. You're tagging Oasis. I'm reading all your mail right now. And you go to school or work the next day and your coworker says something to you and you don't like it and so you snap off. No. We are people that are filled with generosity. So say whatever you want, but I'm going to love you. You know what I'm going to do for you? I'm going to go get you a cup of coffee and bring you a cup of coffee because it's a Monday pickup and I think you got a little spirit inside of you that needs a little bit of pickup. So I was at church yesterday and I was worshiping the Lord and the Lord filled me with so much generosity. I'm going to go come and bring you some generosity because that's what you need. You need a little generosity. So here you go. Here's a cup of coffee. Have some coffee with me. No? No? You just want to talk about him? Okay. Generosity. It's got to be a part of this house. It's got to be a part of this house. I'm tired of churches. I'm tired of, uh, of believers showing something else to this city. I'm really tired. And you guys do a great job. You guys are awesome. But what if we were better? And this is going to help us, okay? So, so the first thing to deal with a heart that needs generosity, the first thing that we have to do is say, God, release my selfish spirit. Okay, verse 7 in Deuteronomy 15. I'm going to read out of the New King James Version. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren, what if I started saying brethren from now on? <laughs> brethren? Anyways. Within any of the gates in your land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need. Willingly, not begrudgingly, like, ah, here's $5. 
You need it? You need it? I'm filled with general. You need it? Beware lest there be a wicked thought in your heart saying, the seventh year, the year of release is at hand and your eye will be evil against your poor brother. And you give him nothing and he cry out to the Lord against you and it becomes sin among you. Verse nine, is so, it says a wicked thought. What I get from that and what, what I've learned from this is that that wicked thought is a selfish spirit. It's a, it's a heart of selfishness. It's saying, oh, 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 okay, someone's asking me for money. Like, in this time, you know, God's economy worked where every seven years it was the year of Jubilee, okay? Like, where at that time, debts were forgiven. People were, anything that you owe somebody, it was, I'm teaching the Bible. It was, it was forgiven. It was seven years, okay, it's done. And this is saying, yo, some guy's going to come to you. A brother's going to come to you six, six months before or so and say, hey, hey, can I borrow some money? And you, your response should say, yes. But what he's saying is a lot of us go, yes. Oh, good news is, is that I only got to wait a couple more months before the year of Jubilee. And no matter what happens, I'm going to get my money back. So, so what it's saying is, is that I will give, but there's a little bit of an asterisk attached to it. I'll give knowing that I'm going to get it back. What if we were people that give and we never see it back? What would it be like if we were like, you know what? I gave to that person. I gave my time. I gave my energy. I gave my resources, and I never seen it back. What would happen? It would cause us to lean more on the Father and say, you gave me everything. I'm good. Jeez. It would say, oh, when I start to operate that way, like I didn't get it back. You know what it is? Selfishness. Well, I gave, and they didn't give it back. I, I lend them money, and they didn't give me back. I, I gave them a loan, and they, they selfishness. Come on, this is hard. Because, like, how many of you know we need money? Anybody? Thank you, Kyle. Yes. The rest of you all want to move in with your house. We're coming in. Rach, Titus, me, we're all coming. And it's hard to say, like, I'll give, wondering if you'll ever see it back. But when you have a heart of generosity... You go, God, there's some selfishness in me. I don't want to have stipulations upon giving to people. I don't want to have the stipulations of, well, if I'm going to give my time to some, somebody, well, well, well they, better, they better buy my coffee. Well, if I go to dinner with somebody, they invite. There was a time I went to dinner one time with a buddy. Went to a nice restaurant. Nice restaurant. I mean, like, your brother here was making, like, terrible money. <laughs> I was not rolling in any sort of income. <laughs> he invited me, come on, come on. And the best part was, it was my birthday. <laughs> it was my birthday. He's like, come on, come to the city. We're going to go eat. It's going to be awesome. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. I show up to the restaurant. He just starts ordering food. <laughs> I'm like, this is amazing. Happy birthday to me. The bill comes. He's like, we'll split it. Do you have a policy where I can come wash dishes? Because um, if I put my car down, that thing coming back bounced. Like, there was a pit in my stomach like, wait a second. You invited me. You're taking my time. This is my birthday. This is my birthday. And I'm going to cry if I want to right now. <laughs> this is my birthday. And the Lord said to me, because this was post being saved. Before I was saved, we fighting right there in front of everybody. I'm throwing fists. <laughs> The Lord said, I'll provide for you. Show him that you don't live with a heart of selfishness. Pay the whole thing. 
I needed to work out a selfish heart in me. See what I'm getting at? I'm not better than any of y'all. Selfishness is real. And it's hard to fight, but we have to fight it if we're going to be people of generosity. we got to say, God, there's selfishness in me. God, God didn't get, create giving for his sake. He's not broke. The lights in heaven aren't going to not turn on. They're not going to be, he's going to be like, oh, we're not going to be able to pay the water bill this year. Like, I don't know how the sun's going to turn on today. We haven't paid. I don't know what's going to happen. He doesn't need your money. You know why I created giving? Because he wants to break a selfish heart in us. He wants to break such a deep-rooted, selfish heart in us that he said, hey, give. Just give. Just give it all. Give it everything. Do whatever. Just give mercy. Give grace. Give love. Give of your money. Give of your time. Give of your talents. Give it all. You know why? Because it won't put a selfish heart in you. Selfishness will not have a place inside of your heart. So give. God's not broke. Sometimes we give to God's house like, listen, this church is amazing. But this is God's church, and God's not broke, and he's going to provide a way for his church every single day. But he wants to grow a heart of, you know what? This isn't mine anyways. This isn't mine anyways. Is this helping us? So, so God created giving so he could break selfishness in us. You ever think about that? He created giving. And so today, what are you giving? What's in your heart? Are you paying you know, we have a child now, <laughs> and if we want to go out, we got to call up a babysitter, right? Is this okay? Yeah? She's the Holy Spirit sometimes in my life. <laughs> There's plenty of times where I'm like, well, um, the babysitter watched Titus for an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> Do we have to pay the two hours? <laughs> Y'all, if I can't be real with y'all, and Rachel goes, you know what, JP? I think we should pay her for three hours. It's one of those looks. And I go, you know what? You're right. You're right. Because I don't want selfishness near this home. I don't want selfishness within my family. I want a heart of generosity to be poured out. So God... Release us from a selfish heart. Second thing is this. God, release me from my grieving heart. Release me from my grieving heart. Verse 10, if you have it, just verse 10 back there. It says this. He continues. You shall surely give to him, and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him, because for this thing the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and all to which you put your hand to. See, selfishness, Robert Morris says, I love this. It's a, it's a quote that I remember. Selfishness attacks you before you give. And grief attacks you after you give. You ever give something that you knew God put on your heart, you gave, and then the next day, you got a ticket on your car? You walked out. I walked out one time. I gave. The Lord told me to give. I was like, okay, I'm giving. And I walked out, and I had a flat tire. And the money that I gave was the exact amount of money that that tire cost me. And what starts to happen? You start to grieve. <laughs> no? You start to go, God, man. Where are you at? You told me to give. I was obedient in giving. And now I'm sitting here. And what do I have? A flat tire. Thanks, God. And what starts to happen, you start to build a grieving spirit. And so when the next time you're asked to give or he prompts your heart to give, you can't give because you've created such a wall of grief that you're so afraid that if you give again, you're going to get the same outcome. Instead of saying, God, you've called me to give. 
I will not grieve when he asks me to give. I want you to not grieve when he asks you to take that friend out to lunch and to pay for it. I do not want you to grieve when he says something drastic to you to do and you're like, okay, God, I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know how this is going to actually pan out, but I'm going to do it because I trust you with my life. Uh, because the thing, it says, for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all to which you put your hand to. So there's no reason to grieve. See, the thing is we grieve because we think it's from us. You don't grieve when you understand that God gave you everything. You don't grieve when you understand that everything you have is a gift from God. Like, like, no, 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 catch this. See, what helps me to not have a grieving spirit of being a person of generosity, I do this. I do this. Everyone just take a breath. Breathe it out. You know what that was? A gift. From who? God. You ever feel your heart? I can feel my pulse. I had a lot of coffee today. You know what that is? A gift from God. I am not in control of me. I am not in control of my destiny. I am not in control of my life. I am not the commander of my ship. So if God tells me, hey, Jay, do this, I'm going to do it. Hey, Jay, be this way, I'm going to be that way. And I'm going to say, God, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. I want to be a person of generosity. I don't want to grieve what you're asking me to do. Guys, this is, I know this is hard, but this will change your whole future. God, you called me? See, Satan wants you to grieve over your generous heart. Jesus wants you to rejoice in a, in, with a generous heart. Okay? Satan would want you nothing more than to grieve. To grieve. Oh, you don't have that anymore. You don't have that amount in your bank account anymore. You don't have any of that stuff anymore. Do you see what Jesus did for you? And Jesus said, no, sit at my feet and let me provide for you because I got your best interest in my mind and heart. I know this is helping. The third thing is this. We're almost done. We're almost, we're almost done. So God, release me, release me. And then I pray, God, develop in me a generous heart. <laughs> develop in me a generous heart. Verse 14 of Deuteronomy, it says, you shall supply him liberally from your flock, from your threshing floor and from your wine press. From what the Lord your God has blessed you with, you shall give to him. A generous heart is reminded that God has given it to you, that it is a, a gift from God. It doesn't think about the consequences of giving. It, it thinks about the cross. I know I've preached in a while. I'm going to go a little bit longer, five minutes. You'll get to the Bears game. Don't worry. They're going to lose anyways. It's awesome. A generous heart does not think about the consequences. A generous heart thinks about the cross. Thinks about everything that that cross did. And what that does is say, okay, God, your word tells me to give, I'm going to give. Your Holy Spirit prompted me to reach out a hand to this person on the side of the street, I'm going to do it. This, your Holy Spirit prompted me to stop, and I don't have any money on me, but God, I have a heart in me, I have your mouth in me, I can sit with this person on the street, I can have a conversation with them, I can ask them their name, I can remind them that they were once a child, and that they can still have a destiny and a purpose in you. God, I'll do whatever you ask of me to do, and I'm not going to think about the consequences of my time, my calendar, my schedule, my bank account, I'm not going to think anything about that I'm going to think about the cross and what you did for me. And if I think about the cross, I can't help but be generous with everything inside of me. I don't know who I'm... Okay. So stop, stop thinking about the consequences. A generous heart doesn't think about the consequences. It thinks about the cross. And the last thing is this. Is this helping you all? Fourth thing, develop a grateful heart. You can become a person of generosity. And the way that you do it is you develop a grateful heart. Verse 15, 
It says, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Yo. <laughs> okay. You were a slave in the land of Egypt. In your Lord, your, in the Lord your God, what? Come on, four of you are reading. In the Lord your God, what? Redeemed, Redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. See, generosity, it overflows in you. It's pressed down, it's shaken, it's overflowing. When you remember what Jesus did for you. You remember where you've come from. You remember what you used to be like. You remember the things that you used to give your money to. You remember the things you used to put your time to. You remember the things that you once gave your eyes to. You remember the things that you once gave your whole being to. And when you remember that Jesus redeemed you, he set you free, that you were once a slave, you were once bound, you were once captive, but now you are set free. Oh, oh, and not just free. Yo, he says, free indeed. He says, you are free indeed. So you, as believers of Jesus Christ, you carry a heart of generosity. I'm closing with this. It's my last close. My wife and I got married, and, and forgive me of the personal story, but when we got married, my, my wife is one of the most generous people I know. When we got married, we made a vow together before God. God, we're, we're going to be married. We're going to be together. We're coming into covenant relationship with you together. One of the first things we decided as a home was we were going to be generous to the best of our ability. Whether that was time, whether that was talent, whether that was our trust, we're just going to be generous. There's been many times where we've had, oh man, a lot of people come through our house. And forgive me of the person, I, I don't, because you can do the same thing. And there's been many times we've done it for people and we've helped people and we've given and we've saw nothing. And what that could do to us is that could keep us from saying we've been given everything. And over, the, I'm going somewhere, over the, the course of five, five years of marriage, five Five. The Lord has continued to build a generous spirit, a, a spirit of generosity in us. But let me tell you something. There's been many of times where I've wanted to shrink back. I've wanted to come back and be like, I, I, I've given a lot. I don't know if there's anything left to give, God. I gave, I gave last week. I gave yesterday. I, I gave to this or I gave to that person or I gave to that family. I got nothing back, God. There's been times, and every time I go to that place, there's a whisper, and the Spirit of God says, Jay, I see where you're at. I know where you're at. But remember where you used to be. Remember what you used to do. I've said it, and I'm going to say it again in 22. Everything under the sun, I tried. Everything. I was lost, guys. Forsaken. I was a slave to the world. I was a slave. And Jesus Christ met me as a 22-year-old. And I, I, forgive me, but 
When he met me, I was literally broken. I was literally messed up. I was so far. I remember his hand coming down and pulling me out of the fire, out of the mess, out of the sin, out of the shame, out of the mud pit, out of the muck, out of it all out of the bondage of alcohol, out of the bondage of pornography, out of the bondage of sleeping around, out of the bondage of everything. No, 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 listen, 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 listen. Praise God. He pulled me out and he stood me. And he stood me and he said, I'm gonna give you my whole world. I'm gonna give you my whole heart. And I grabbed that and I said, thank you. Thank you. And so in the moments Guys, you understand, he gave his life for me and for you. That once we were lost, but we could be found and set free. And when you remember that, I know I'm over, but listen, this will help you be generous. When I don't want to give, when the giving's been too much, I say, God, you've been good. Oh, God, you've been so good to me. God, through every year, you've been good to me. Through every season of life, you've been good to me. God, no matter the trials or the pain, you've been good to me. No matter if people love me or hate me, you've been good to me. No matter what I get from this, you've been good to me. No matter if what happens, you've been good to me. See, guys, this should break us as Christians. God, you've been good to me. You've been so good to me. Guys, I don't want to sing those words and just sing them. I don't want Alex to sing him because he's got a great voice and all of us just listen to it. Do you understand, do you believe in your heart that he's been good to you? Do you understand and believe in your heart that he's been great to you? Do you understand that he's been so good to you that you can't help but wake up every day going, God, I want to be generous. God, I want to give. God, I want to sow back. God, I want to be who you've called me to be because you've been so good to me. This will create a heart of generosity in every single one of us. And I'm telling y'all, the city will not be the same. This is how the kingdom of God works. Would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes? Heavenly Father, right now, I know you're in this place. And I thank you. You've been so good to us. Even when we were not good, you were good to us. And so, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, that we would keep that, that memory of when you saved us, of when you redeemed us at the forefronts of our hearts, of our eyes, that we would not forget, God, what you gave to us, your one and only son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for us, that you started a brand new beginning for us, that we were never and will never be the same because of you, Jesus, that we have all the love, we have all the grace, we have the mercy, we have the kingdom of heaven inside of us, and we thank you, God, that you gave. And so, Father, I pray for hearts of generosity. I I pray for a release of spirits of of grief, of, of, of just saying, no, I can't. No, I don't want to. There's no way how. I, I pray for spirits of wickedness that have come up. God, I just pray that you would remove it, that you would cast it out, and you would fill us with a generous, uh, an overflowing, generous spirit, God. God, I, I pray that we would give, we would give, we would give, because you have given us everything. 
And so, Jesus, we thank you today. We bless you today. And we honor you today because you are great and greatly to be praised. Come on, church. Can we just stand? Can we just sing this? Can we worship him as we go from this place? Come on, let's sing it with everything we have inside of us.